Good morning, good morning, and a great morning outside. Me and Java Chapman are going to be talking about gardening with you today. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener, a production of Mississippi, one of many locally produced programs of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. For the next hour or so, I'm going to give you a heads up on stuff you can be doing in your garden this this uh, sultry mid-September weekend. We're going to do a little talking like a pirate today, but mostly it's a live program, folks. So if you've got questions or problems or suggestions or plants or anything related to garden, anything related to gardening, either I know it or I don't, in which case I'll try to find out. Again, Horticulture's Fell Rushing. Java Chapman is my producer. For the next hour, we're going to be talking about gardening and learning how to get dirty. So stick with us, folks. We're going to do a little bit of news and come back with your live phone calls here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening for the next little while. In the Java. I ran into ran into you and one of your boys the other day in the I store. Only, I only have one boy. Oh, that's right. You're trying yeah. to give me two boys. I have a boy and a and girl. girl. That's right. Well, the, your girl's still what I call the larvae stage. You know? <laughs> yeah, she just turned one. <laughs> you know, everybody knows that that uh, that caterpillars turn into beautiful butterflies. I'm not sure what what boy caterpillars turn into. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he was with me, and we we ran into you. I think uh, on the macaroni aisle or yeah, something. That's right. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening. Folks, if you got anything on your mind, something that's going on you're not sure about or you're sure about and you want to share it, or maybe you've heard me say something and you think I'm just being a real jerk about it, give me a call. Let's talk about it. You know, I'm of two or three minds on nearly everything. I'm not fickle. Uh, somebody said uh, that I'm a moderate because I, I I lean this way on some issues and lean that way on some issues. That's makes me no. I'm not a moderate. You know, I'm not like hot water and cold water mixed together comes out warm. I'm hot and cold at the same time. And if there's some things that you've got about gardening, uh, native plants, if there's some hot button issues you want to talk about, let's talk. I'm not gonna get too much in detail because it confuses people, and we need to arm wrestle about it over a beer sometime but if there's anything you want to discuss that's related to gardening if you got something strange you want to talk about or something weird happening or want to try something you're just not sure if it'll work or somebody told you something and you're not quite sure if it's true or not uh, give me a call i'm not click i'm not clack we're not going to solve marital problems here but I can help you get along with your significant other if there's an argument about what to do. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring By the way, those of you who have been waiting for the Garden Viewer, the supporters, I got them. Java, you got one clipped to your shirt there, don't you? Oh, yeah. It's, it's nice, and they're, they're, they are here. <laughs> yeah, this uh, for folks who support us during drive time. We appreciate all of our listeners, but uh, people who support this program become part of, of the MPB um, uh, mission here. We really appreciate that. And instead of getting the usual coffee cup or, or a T-shirt or whatever they give, I always like to throw in something else. What I did, and folks, you don't, if you're not getting one, you can make one yourself. Get a toilet paper tube, just a toilet paper tube, 
And that's all you need. But if you spray paint it or you you, you cut something out, a, a, a pretty picture or something, you wrap it around it, tape it around it, makes it extra special. And then put a piece of string through a, a hole in one end with a clothespin on it to hang it on your shirt. You've got something you can walk around with and look at your garden through different eyes. You know, when a photographer walks into a, a new garden, uh, or an old hand gardener walks into a garden center, or if you go to a botanic garden, there's so much to see. But those of us who, who, uh, who have the eye for it, what we do is we narrow it down to just a little circle, maybe a square, you know, like you do with a camera. You take a camera, you don't take a picture of the whole thing. You take one picture of the whole thing, then you get close-ups of stuff. Little garden viewer helps you do that. Toilet paper to you, walk around your yard, you can see the coolest little vignettes. And that's what we've done. Anyway, uh, we appreciate all the folks who tune in and listen. There's some things going on this weekend. I've got to call, I've got to get it out of my pocket, my uh, my, my notes. I know that the uh, uh, the Gord people are, are, are meeting. Um, i got to look up and find out what weekend it is, though. I don't remember this weekend or next, and I don't have my notes with me. Um, but I do know that coming up at the, at the end of the month, uh, Wells Fest is, uh, is a, a nice little festival they have. Uh, it, it, in Jackson, right beside, right on Lakeland Drive, close to the interstate. Um, and uh, my friend Lloyd Moncrief always grows and collects and gets donated plants, little pass-along plants. He's been rooting stuff all spring and summer for this event. Kind of pass-along plants. You can't really buy any place. you got to get it from somebody who got it from somebody. And uh, Lloyd does that kind of thing. So, And that's always uh, – it's 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 – and, and this is a fundraiser, by the way, for, for Wells Methodist Church, some of their projects. But anyway, it's the kind of thing where he's putting plants out into the world that would be in danger of loss if you had to depend on buying them in a garden center. Uh, also, I'm going to be doing a pr- uh, presentation down at the Mobile Botanical Garden. The uh, Gulf Coast Herb Society is having me down there. They're having a nice little event with uh, with, with food and vendors and, and uh, events and, and lectures. I'm going to give a talk about how to grow herbs uh, in anything, whether it's a flower bed or a pot or an old wash tub or or a boot or anything like that, back of a pickup truck. I'll have my truck down there with, and it's, right now it's got all it's got rosemary and two kinds of basil and zinnias, all sorts of stuff planted in the back. But anyway, it's going to be a practical way to grow practical herbs that you can enjoy because they're pretty, or because they smell good when you brush through them, or when you're tired of looking at them, you can eat them. And if you want to call and talk about that anytime. Toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. I'll get some of these other things called up in just a second as soon as we uh, uh, settle down a little bit. But anyway, if you have some events that are going on, some things that you'd like me to help promote, garden related events, give us a call or shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. I'm going to take a chance, and I think if I push this blinking light, I'm going to be talking with, is it Nate or Nat in Oxford? Uh, it's Nat. Nat, Oxford. yeah. What's up? Well, hey, I've got a uh, Yoshino cherry tree. Yeah. It that it was top killed, and it uh, I don't know what killed it, but uh, it sent out all these stump sprouts, and I trimmed all the stump sprouts out. And now I've got basically another Yoshino cherry tree that is a stump sprout. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's going to work or not work. Uh, yeah, long term. Yeah, in other words, you, you got a, a sprout coming up, and did you cut off all but the strongest one? Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah it'll it'll work fine. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think that uh, Yoshino chairs are grafted. I don't think they might be, and if they are, I don't know what they're grafted on. See, that's the only problem is is it a grafted plant or not? But I, I, I really don't think it is. At any rate, it, if it's not Yoshino, it will be some kind of of related plant, some kind of spring blooming plant. Uh, how, how, will it grow? Will it grow into a regular tree? Yeah, I mean, you know, these aren't big trees to begin with. You know, like dogwoods, they're they're small, spreading out, rounded, you know, bigger than shrubs, but not, you know, shade tree type things. Uh, did it sprout back out this year, Nate? Nat? Yes, it did. Uh, what I would do is this this winter, uh, you know, after every, after we've had all this, you know, cold, and, and when it goes dormant, I would cut it back to about oh three three and a half, four feet tall, so it'll branch out closer to the ground because what's going to happen next spring is going to put out new growth up near the tip of where it stopped growing this fall. And that, that's going to be pretty high for some branches. And plus in Oxford, if we ever have a real winter, you might get some ice damage that'll damage it. So I would cut it back to you know knee higher, a little bit taller to make it bush out, and it should bush out really well next year. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate the uh, the info and love the show. Okay, appreciate. It. Thanks for being part of it. All right, bye bye. All righty, one eight seven seven MPB ring. You want to talk about stuff? I've had some some gardening things done this week. <clears throat> Last week, I had the top taken off of my green roof arbor. Entry to my garden is uh, four really big iron I beams. They're fourteen feet long. They're eight inches wide iron beams. And uh, suspended up at the top was like a bird's nest of a garden. You could walk up under it with stuff cascading down. It was a lot of trouble. I enjoyed it. But, you know, if you don't water some stuff at least once or twice a summer, it's going to die. Or else the plants that will grow without water are so small you can't see them because they're up off the ground. See, So what I did is I took it off. And we're going to put – I'm working with Rick Griffin, who's a landscape architect with kind of quirky ideas. And we're going to use some recycled iron uh, rebar and some other things to create – uh, a real uh, airy, nesty type of arbor that vines can grow on with some hanging basket, big, big hanging baskets. Can't put your arm around them. So the the uh, containers will be down low where I can see them. Um, and and well, they can be watered if they need to be. But more important, I can grow things that are, that are you know, some of the succulents and cacti that don't need water. But you need to be able to see them from sideways or, up above, or, or standing over them. So we've got that going on. Uh, I've also been deadheading some plants. I got a lot of plants that over the summer got kind of leggy while I was gone, and you know they're they're flopping over. So I cut some of them back, left some because they're blooming, and cut some back. And they should have plenty of time to put out new growth and start uh, and bloom again before fall. Especially some of the butterfly plants, uh, butterflies and hummingbirds in particular are migrating. The ones up in uh, hummingbirds up in Vermont and New York State, Pennsylvania. Uh, Massachusetts, Ohio, all those hummingbirds coming right through our neck of the woods, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas. They're coming right through uh, on their winter migration, and they're going to be hungry. Little bit, little birds need something to eat. So if you put bird, uh, fe- uh, hummingbird plants out or hummingbird feeders, over the next, uh, this month and early next, you will have all sorts of traveling hummers who appreciate a little pick-me-up, and they're so much, so, so fun to, to, uh, to, and to enjoy as well as help. So, anyway. And if they want some more tips on the, um, on the bird feedings, we actually did that show on Creature Comforts did just really? yesterday. 
Okay. Yeah, so they can go to mpbonline.org and uh, listen to the podcast and see how they can get more, like you say, the um, birds are coming, so how you can have a, a nice-looking backyard. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, here we got two MPB programs that are on top of the hummingbird thing. Oh, it's, it's, it's that season. <laughs> it's that time. The Hummingbird Festival, I don't remember. I don't have my notes here, but I don't remember the Hummingbird Festival that's up at uh, uh, up at the Strawberry Plain, Audubon uh, uh, Bird Center up uh, in North Mississippi. I don't know if it's this weekend or last weekend. I don't remember. But I think it's this weekend. I'm going to scratch my head real quick about that. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's go stand up in Oxford, see what Juanita's up to. Good morning, lady. Oh, good morning, Felder. Thank you. You bet. Uh, I, I need to just ask you a question. Um, I've lost some azaleas. I've saved, um, I think, two of them by following your advice about cutting them all back. And, you know, and I've saved a couple. But the ones that are totally gone, I need to replace them. So what I'm asking is, when is the right time to do that? Well, you can plant a container-grown shrub anytime you can dig a hole. Okay. Anytime. So uh, the, the, the the best time would be a little bit later in the fall or the winter, so you don't have to water them as much. You know, okay. this this time of year. Because when you pull a plant out of a pot, one eat, it's really important to loosen up the potting soil in the roots. It's yeah. really important. Oh, yeah. And do it, that. Yeah, and doing that this time of year puts the plants under a lot of stress. I understand. See? So wait until it gets a little less dried out and hot. Yeah. Now, are you going to replace things or plant some in new spots? I'm going to replace the ones that are in the front of the house. I've lost about three big ones. Uh, yeah, just yeah. Died. Well, what you might want to do is is sort of spread it out. If you could 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 dig or have have the old ones pulled up, you know, cut them back and pull them up, and yeah. rework the soil and cover it with a little peat moss, a little little compost, a little peat moss, because azaleas and blueberries really like peat moss, and then you know work it up ahead of time and cover it with mulch. The soil will start breaking down and what we call mellowing. And it'll uh, be a whole lot easier to plant later than having to do it all at once. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I do, a little at a time. But digging holes ahead of time is always a plus. A good idea. Okay, I will do that, and thank you so, so much. All right, appreciate your okay. call. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Hattiesburg. Hi, Susan. What's up? Uh, hi, good morning, Felder. Howdy. Uh, I'm checking to see. We planted an LSU variety fig tree. Uh-huh. And it and it and it bore some fruit. Now it appears to have what I think is called fig leaf rust. Yeah. Uh, on a bunch of the leaves, and I'm not sure what to do about it. Well, if you if you got to the name fig leaf rust, that means you've already Googled it, and you already found out there's really not much you can do about it. You know the sprays the sprays we use are preventative; they're not cures. See, that's what a lot of people need to understand about fungicides. They're like putting a raincoat on. Once you're wet, it doesn't do any good to put it on. So, what you can do is just uh, this fall, after leaves fall off, just rake them up as best you can. Put some fresh mulch up under the the plant. You know, nice wide uh, mulch area, and that'll bear that'll remove or bury a lot of the spores. And then next spring. If we don't have a real wet summer, you might not have the problem again. But if you want to keep it from happening, you have to spray ahead of time as a preventative with a protective film on the leaves. Oh, okay. And I guess that's part of my question. Uh, You're right. I did Google it, and I saw something called a bony copper fungicide. Will that affect the fruit that comes out later at all, or is that okay to taste? No, and uh, and the first part uh, is, uh, that's that's the brand name. Garden centers, a lot of them have copper spray. This is an organic product. It's a natural product, and it doesn't affect fruit. What it does is it it changes the, the... I don't want to get technical. It changes the leaf surface so that the fungus spores can't get sprouted as well. 
it's perfectly okay. safe to use that. But again, uh, these sprays only last for oh three or four weeks, or a couple of good rains, or when new leaves come out, they're not protected. See, so you have to spray, you know, several times up until you know mid to late summer. Okay, so not not much point in spraying right now is what I think you're saying. No, no, because those leaves are already infected. Uh, there's no, you know, they're going to be falling off pretty soon anyway. Should I pull them off beforehand or just leave? Well, them? they're going to fall, but you know, sometime over the winter, you know, rake up under plant, you know, get as many of the old leaves as you can, and then again, put some fresh mulch, and that'll bury any spores that are on the ground. That'll help a whole lot. Okay, well, thank you very much. Okay, appreciate your call. Thank you. All righty. Uh, we can take another call before we take a break because I want to get all the way from up north down to the Gulf Coast of Pass Christiane. Hey, Pam, good morning. Good morning. Howdy. What's Thank up? Thank my call. Sure. Well, I wanted to run this by you. I've been concerned about the trees, the oak trees down here, mm-hmm. because people have started mulching their oak trees pretty heavily, and I see a lot of oak trees with no exposed roots, none. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of oak trees are not looking well, and they are dying. Are, yeah. are you familiar with that? I, I know you don't talk about trees that often. Well, wait, 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 hang on a second. I taught the tree surgery course at Mississippi State 30-something All years right. ago. I mean, I've All been right. work, and I've been well, working with trees on the Gulf Coast literally since the early 1980s. Okay. I just don't I – I guess I miss when you talk about Well, them. just not many people I, call about it like that. Okay. Here, here's the deal. First of all, Pam, the mulch doesn't hurt the trees unless it's piled up on the trunk like a, like a fire mount. If it's spread evenly or in a ring, as long as it's not piled up on the trunks, which can lead to some insect or termite damage. Well, now, it, they're, going, they're going up, you know, they, these, you know how oak trees usually you can see the roots. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But, but, but that's, not a re, that's not a requirement for the health is what I'm saying. Okay. You know, out, out in out in the woods, where where when when people first started noticing live oak trees, they're already out in the woods, and there's all sorts of stuff on the ground. You know, nice little deep mulch and stuff like this. So it's not hurting them unless they pile it up on the trunk. It re- now, if they are irrigating, if they're watering a whole lot, that can cause some problems because they're you know they don't you know we we get plenty of rainfall, but people who water two or three times a week can actually cause some roots to rot. So that's a real problem. But the ground covers, the mulches. Really doesn't hurt. Got to remember, Pam. The oak trees along the Gulf Coast. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going back to 1969, the first time I visited hurricane damage on the coast. 1969. A lot of those trees have been hit over and over and over by severe drought, by heavy rains, and hurricanes. And that, you know, that takes a toll. And they're going to look raggedy at best. Well, do they? Uh, I was reading that they need to breathe through the roots. So, and the, oh, it's not just mulch. They're like putting dirt. They're just like putting dirt. Well, now that's that's not a good idea. You you can suffocate. Okay. Trees tree roots grow where they get both air and water, and they're going to be real shallow in a hit in a in a clay soil because they can't breathe down deep. They can be deeper in a nice well drained soil. And on the Gulf Coast, you have. Mostly some pretty good, well-drained, sandy soil, so they'll have some deep roots and shallow roots. As long as you don't put more than a couple of inches of dirt up under there, it's really not going to hurt the trees. It really not. I mean, I'm, they're putting, yeah, they're putting. I think they're putting more. Next time you're down here, would you kind of drive up and down ninety and? Uh, you know, I drive up. I was up and down ninety uh, two months ago, and again, okay. this is something where you can have individual people doing stupid stuff to their landscapes. But mm-hmm. but overall, the the oaks are going to do okay. Okay, they really are. Okay. 
Well, look at Jones Park when you're down here next time. Okay, okay, but 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 also also keep in mind keep in mind I'm on the tree side. I don't I don't give a fig about what people do or don't do about their plant. I'm on the tree side, and and overall the trees have got hairline cracks and fractures and internal decay and uh, heart rot decay and branches that are got because of just bad weather. Mm-hmm. You know, and so as long as they're not putting a lot of dirt over the top of them and watering them a whole bunch, overall the oaks are going to do okay. And when you get a place where there's municipal people involved and got a lot of cooks in the kitchen, they decide they're going to do this, whether anybody says so or not, all I do is muddy the water. Hmm. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm an activist to a point, but when it gets involved, you know, when, when urban people start doing stuff in urban trees, they don't want to hear it. They're going to do what they're going to do. Well, if if you if you say something, though, individuals are going to be listening, so that's a good thing. So. Okay, well, anybody listening out there, don't put more than an inch or two of dirt out there and don't water them every two weeks. <laughs> well, they're, they're putting more than an inch or so. Yeah, well, that, that, okay. that, that, that's a mistake, and somebody needs to bring it yeah. their attention. So shoot me an email. If there's somebody I can get in touch with, shoot me an email. We can handle it that way. Okay. Well, well thank you, Felder, very okay, much. Okay, Pam. I appreciate your interest and your concern. All right. Okay, though, folks, let's take a real quick break, do a little bit of stuff, a minute or two, and we're going to come back. We're going to stay on the Gulf Coast, and then we're going to slide from the Gulf Coast all the way up to to the bottom of Tennessee, top of Mississippi, talking about gardening. Uh, the program in Copiah County done by the Master Gardeners this coming um, um, Tuesday night, 6 p.m., Copiah County Extension Service. They're going to be talking about diversity in the garden, companion planting to improve the yield and pest resistance and all that. September 19th, 6 o'clock, Copiah County Extension Service, diversity in the garden. If you got some events I can help promote, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. And we're going to take a quick break and come back with your calls and your concerns about gardening right here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hey, Java. You know, you know what old pirates do when they retire? What do they do? They move to Arkansas and grow ar- arugula. <laughs> and they, they move to Florida and grow oranges. Oh, man. Well, what did the ocean say to the pirate? Oh, no idea. Nothing. It just waved. Oh. Hey, you know why pirates uh, bury their, their treasure? Why? Because everybody knows that booty is shin deep. <laughs> Why is pirating so addictive, Felder? Don't know. They once say, once you lose your hand, you get hooked. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to throw out a real esoteric one here. Because uh, next, uh, uh, September 19th, at International Talk Like a Pirate Day. We're going to miss it this time next week, so we got to get, get a time. What did the octogenarian pirate say on his birthday? You're taking me too fast. What did he say? What did he say? I'm 80. Um, what? <laughs> you know, 80, octogenarian, 80 years old. I'm 80. See, this, as, <laughs> we, we got some, take some calls, Phil. Okay, let's, let's go down to Gulfport. Hey, Keith, how are you doing, man? 
Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I just wanted to get with you. I don't know what you received the information on the Harrison County Master Gardeners uh, Fall Expo and Plant Sale. It's coming up September 23rd. I don't think I did. Maybe I have in this buried, but tell us about it. That sounds fun. Well, me, yeah, it's uh, September 23rd, Saturday, uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Coastal Research and Extension Center there at 1815 Pops Ferry Road. It's real easy to get to. Nice little dip tracing garden too yes and we're going to have uh seminars hourly indoor prizes we'll have gardening and earth boxes with dr gary bachman preparing lawn for winter with tim ray floral designing using mississippi plants with dr jim del prince jim's great well they're all great what am i saying jim and gary yes medicinal herbs organic gardening pat from pj farms and planting a rain garden is going to be dr wayne porter Okay, and this is uh, next Saturday. Yes, sir. It's next Saturday, and I just wanted to make sure that the uh, listening audience was aware of it. Okay, if you get a chance, I want to I want to push this again real hard next week. But shoot me an email about that because I, I gave a talk there last year, year before last. I don't remember. It's a really yes. really fun crowd, really yes, fun crowd. Yes, yes, and you certainly did, and I will do that, Felder. But I just wanted to make sure that we were. I, I did get it to you, but I'll, I will get you a copy of this flyer I'm looking at, and you can go from there. Fantastic, Keith. Thank you, man. Tell tell Gary yep. and Jim and them I said hey. I'll do it. Thank you. All righty. All right. Bye-bye. And by the way, the uh, Hummingbird Festival was last weekend. I'm glad I talked it up ahead of time. And uh, the uh, Gourd Festival is this weekend. And I'm thinking I may swing by and visit with those folks. The, uh, the, the uh, Mississippi Gourd Festival is... Uh, uh, in Raleigh, Mississippi, is at the Smith County Ag Complex. It's fun. They it's, they got all sorts of pe- uh, classes. They got vendors. They got people who make musical instruments. They got all different kinds of gourds. You take a kid, they're unbel- little bitty gourds, all different kinds of gourds and all big gourds, and they show how to decorate them and all. But it's a fun, fun festival. Nice drive uh, down to Raleigh. So that's uh, the fifteenth and sixteenth Smith County Ag Complex. There in uh, in Raleigh, Mississippi. If you want some more information about that, just go to the uh, do. I think it's called Mississippi. Let me see if I can find. I can't find it right now. But Gourd Society, Mississippi Gourd Society, or else shoot me an email. Garden at mpbonline dot org. Now let's go up to the uh, Memphis area, just south of Memphis to South Haven. JB, what's going on? Oh, hey, Charlie. Howdy. Uh, on the back of my wife. Uh, that's the north side. Um, I have some uh, crepe myrtles that are pretty good size. I want to put some hydrangeas between them. Yeah. Um, they'll get full sun part of the time, but they'll get shade part of the time. Yeah. Are you all right there? Well, they can. Here's the deal on hydrangeas. I, I love hydrangeas. As a matter of fact, there's a really nice hydrangea society in Memphis, and they have all sorts of meetings there at the Botanic Garden. But uh, hydrangeas need a wide root system, or else they wilt real bad. They get those big leaves, and if they, and if they get dry or they're a little restricted roots, they wilt, and you want to water them, and you water them so much it actually rots the roots. So if you're going to put them back there, dig a wide hole, at least three, maybe four feet wide. doesn't have to be deep, but dig a wide hole and add a little bit of stuff, your native dirt, 
and then loosen up the potting soil and the roots of the hydrangeas and put them in the ground. This helps them get a nice, wide, fast root system, which is going to help them compete with the crepe myrtles for water and nutrients and stuff like that, because crepe myrtles got real greedy roots. Oh, okay, great. Let, so is this a good time to put them out? It's really not. Uh, you know, it's hard to dig right now because it's going to be hot this weekend. But also, uh, when you pull a plant out of a pot and loosen up its potting soil or roots, that stresses it. Right now, you know, we don't want to put plants under stress. If you'd, you go ahead and start digging on the holes because that's going to take a while to do it right. And then sometime after we get a, a frost or sometime over the winter, you know, you could put them out then. And, and that okay. way they're, they're not going to take as much. They're going to not need as much care. Oh, okay. Uh, one other quick question. Uh, is this a good time to plant kale? It's a, it can if you can find it. If you're going to grow it from seed, I'd get right on it. But uh, the, I don't know if the garden centers have the little plants yet. They, well, it's middle of September. They may be showing up. But uh, I like to plant kale as early as I can. But late September, October, perfect for planting this kind of stuff. Okay, great. Thanks much. All right. Appreciate it. By the way, I'm giving a talk in uh, uh, Tuscumbia, Alabama, uh, this coming, this next week. And it's the home of Helen Keller, but it's also home of a fellow, can't remember his name. And he is the three-time international kale-eating contest winner. Whatever. We're going to be talking about gardening here. I need to take a little bit of a break. If you want to give us a call, the lines are open. Toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. How about just a little bit of cheery in honor of next week's International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Let's have a little bit of pirate music. We'll be back with more right here on MPB after this.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hey, Java. <clears throat> Any idea what the pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet is? R. No. Oh, wow. No. Okay, okay. It'd be the C. <laughs> <laughs> now that's see. I, I, that's I thought it was. One. I thought it was R. No, well, it's B or C. Well, It'd what are C. the what are the ten letters of the pirate alphabet? I don't know. I I C- R C- and the seven C's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ten letters. <laughs> Here you go. Let's go to 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 Benton. Hey Billy. Good morning. How are you this morning? Billy. Hello. This is Billy. You, you, you talking to me? Yes, we are. With lies to keep it clean. <laughs> well, it's about, tra- about translocation of a herbicide through a plant, especially kudzu. Does it matter if you put the spray on the top of the leaf or the bottom where the stomates are? Would the swans be the same? Well, yeah, it'd be pretty much the same because by the time you spray it on the bottom, by the way, folks, the stomates are a little sort of like a pores on the little air holes on the bottom where, where air and gas is exchanged in the bottom yeah. of the leaf. Um, uh, it, it, it really doesn't matter. By the time you spray it on the bottom, you got it on the top, too. Okay, that's what I want to know. I appreciate it. All right, good luck on it. Bye. Stomates, stomata. Let's go to Tupelo. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for calling, man. What's going on? Hey, uh, Felder, I uh, appreciate you taking my call. Sure. I planted about 40 uh, small boxwoods across the front of my house uh, back in the spring. Uh, I put them about 15 inches apart. My goal was for them to grow up to about a two-foot uh, height, and I'm trimming out to like a little wall. Out yeah. Uh-huh. They're all doing great, except for four of them. Yeah. Uh, four of them are, they put on little new growth, but only like an inch or so each. The rest of them have grown like, they've grown like 40% in size. Yeah. You know, this summer. Yeah. Well, for, for, for what, for what it's worth, it's not that unusual. Matter of fact, I've always had this sort of a horticulture inside thing. Anytime you plant a long row of anything, the third from the end either has pink flowers or it dies. <laughs> you know, this sort it's a, it's, it's the, you know, it, assuming you have all the same soil preparation, everything's the same preparation, you know, and, you know, and it's, and it's pretty good. Uh, the most likely thing is that either those plants that are doing were weak to begin with, they might not have been really well-rooted cuttings to begin with, or, or all of them are suffering, and those are the weakest ones, and they're showing the damage first. I mean, that could happen, because a lot of times we put new plants out, we tend to water a lot, and on top of this kind of rain, that can cause problems to plants, you know, the too much care, and the weak ones start popping out first. Uh, so anyway, the, since you said they were stunted, though, I'm just assuming they weren't great plants to begin with. Okay. And, uh, you know, I work with, with historic gardens all the way over to Virginia and the Carolinas and up in Tennessee and all. And all these old historic gardens with their boxwood hedges and all, they have a place out back where they grow replacement plants because this is pretty common. Boxwoods are notorious. They're not the strongest plant. They're popular, but they're not the, they're, they're not the most durable. And a lot of people have, even in historic gardens, have started switching over and planting dwarf yopon hollies because they're so sturdy, so much easier to keep pruned, and they're really forgiving of bad weather. So anyway, boxwoods are going to be, 
And when you get a long row of them, you really ought to have your little place in the back with some replacement plants growing. That's a good idea. It's pretty pretty common. Let these things go and see how they do in the spring, and if not, just pull them out and replace them. Yeah, you know, or else if they're not really doing that good going into the fall, you know, let's go in and replace them in the fall. Loosen up their potting soil. This is I harp on this all the time, but, you know, always loosen up potting soil in the roots and stir that stuff into your dirt instead of just pulling them out and sticking them right in the ground with that pot-shaped uh, ball of pot, just potting soil. That helps a whole lot. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I, I want, well, good. Uh, that's, well, that's what we'll do. I just didn't know what to do with those. Uh, if I should just w- wait longer to see what they did or go ahead and act on them. Well, you know, and you're going to be pruning all these anyway. Boswoods want to get a lot bigger than that, and it could be that when you prune the other ones, these these little ones will catch their second wind and catch up. Mm-hmm. Never know. Okay. Oh, good uh, luck on All righty, folks. Let's go down to Beaumont. Sue? I've been through Beaumont. You got to be going there to get there. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the I, highway I have used a to come. Palm. Okay. You know, Cycad Palm. What I'm talking about. Yeah, a lot of people call it Segos. Oh, really? Well, it was. It's beautiful. I had a great bit. It took twelve years for it to grow to a great big bushy plant. It was magnificent, and I had it planted between two rows of uh, azalea bushes. Well, this spring, uh, the man who takes care of my yard, he was out there. Uh, pruning the azalea plants, and he went ahead and chopped off about half my cycad palm without asking me, and I'm heartbroken over it. Mm, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. You you would think that somebody who's pruning azalea, meatball-shaped plants, would leave something with, with ferny palm-looking leaves alone. I know. He trimmed it to like a fan shape, and that <laughs> exposed. It, so I'm thinking, if we have a hard winter, it's going to freeze, because it, at least the, the, the stem was covered with all fronds and everything yeah well for, for what, I, can do, I mean can i put some miracle growing to help it grow no back or, no no it'll do you know they put on one or sometimes two flushes of of those those palm, palm fronds a year oh really and then the old stuff you know it, it it turns brown you have to cut it off anyway so a lot of people they go through and they cut all the old stuff off as it turns kind of a bright brown and let the new growth come on in the spring Mine never had any brown. It was green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green. But 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 what I'm saying is, if it turns brown, then cut it off. So why not cut it off if it's green too? It's like plucking eyebrows. You know, you don't have to if you don't want to. But a lot of people take the ones they don't like and just pull them off. Uh, just re- I want to remind people: don't mess with no lady's plant without asking first. <laughs> you know, if he'd ask, I said no, leave it alone. You know. That's right. Everybody knows Sue and Beaumont. Don't be messing with her sagos. That's right. <laughs> They'll put out new growth in the spring just fine, Sue. Okay, well, thanks. Okay, and and, and be gentle. He didn't. He just didn't know. He's not, he not being mean. You, you just don't mess with old ladies' plants. Yeah, I yeah, love that plant. Uh, it took twelve years. Hey, I was I was raised by garden club ladies, who great grandmother and grandmother and uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> bye, Sue. Right, bye, bye. Thanks. <laughs> Let's go, Meridian. Hey, Ernie. Good morning. Hey there, Felder. <laughs> uh, listen, I went. I live in Meridian, but I went over to Livingston, Alabama, and saw this thing called an Osage Orange uh, yeah. from trees over there. Never in the, did not know a thing about them. I'm 60-something, been out in the woods and everything over here, and uh, tell me what the story is on those and why I haven't. I haven't seen them over here in Mississippi. Well, just because you hadn't been looking, that's all it is. Osage orange, a lot of people call them horse apples. And they okay. call them, and I tell you another common name is Bodoc. Okay. And the reason they're called Bodoc, this is a stupid thing to know, but these things were planted as hedgerows for a long time because they're thick and, and uh, but they, the, 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 the limbs, the branches are curved. 
and they're real strong, and the French would use them. They would cut them off and use them to make their bows for their bow and arrows, bois d'arc. Okay. And uh, for for the, the for the bows, and that's where a bow dock comes from. Um, they're not edible, but uh, you know they're just good sturdy trees with nice big leaves and those great big lime green gnarly looking fruit things on them. Yeah, that's what got me. I saw these trees. I saw these green things on the ground. I said, "Boy, those look like big old apples, but they don't look like apples." Yeah, well, some people call them horse apples. Yeah, but uh, okay. you 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 see them a lot in in older places where people hadn't gotten around to replacing the old fashioned stuff with Bradford pears and all. You see a lot of them out in drier areas. Uh, they're na- matter of fact, they're named after the Osage, the Native American tribes called the Osage. Uh, you see them all in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, they they grow perfectly fine all over the southeast. Okay, they were thanks. Okay, when you're talking to them, call them Bodocks, and everybody know what you're talking about. And now <laughs> and now you know why. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> okay. All right. Appreciate your call, man. Boas D'Arc, Bodoc. Uh, we've got the lines open. If you want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, I've caught up to, I think I've got four, maybe five emails that I haven't answered uh, already from last week. But if you want to shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. I got one this morning from uh, from Ben who said he has a Japanese magnolia that's lost several leaves and put on lots of buds. Ben's up in Tupelo. Uh, ben, anytime we have stress on a plant, uh, plants tell uh, winter and stuff like that from stress, cold, drought, too much rain, heavy winds. Anytime a plant's put under a lot of stress, it can't tell whether it's from hurricane winds or drought or, or, or something like that. And it thinks it's springtime and put on new flowers. We often see spring-blooming azaleas, wisteria, uh, Bradford pears. We often see spring-blooming stuff blooming in the fall along the coast after a hurricane because the wind beats them up so much that they have the same hormone release that cold weather does. So um, anyway, it's not unusual for spring stuff to bloom in the fall or the, or the, the late fall or early winter. Most of the time, they'll still bloom fine with their normal buds, in the spring on time. So I wouldn't worry about that, too. Some kind of stress has caused a plant to think that it's been through a tough winter, about to bloom again. Um, I think we can take another call before we take a break. Let's go to a Rankin County. Hey, Jerry, good morning. Hey, man, what's hey, up? Man. Oh, not much, man. I just wanted to make a comment about the spider lilies are busting loose. They are everywhere. And also the uh, horse apples used to be traded on the stock James, but like with pork bellies kind of thing, because they used them to make fences, and they sold, they advertised them as horse high, bull strong, and pig tight. And and they are too. They are and they and and they have. And this was what's really weird. The roots are orange. Yeah, the woods <laughs> like that. The woods like that. The heartwoods like that. Also. Oh, it's orange too. Yeah. Well, listen. Yeah. Uh, I know you've been uh, Jerry. You and I go way back. We're you know we used to go to old home sites when they're tearing them down and. And uh, liberate bulbs and stuff like that. But you you sell these bulbs like through the farmer's market bulletin, don't you? Yes. yes. Okay. You got any of the white ones or the pale I yellow ones? Few, I have a few. They don't seem to be as prolific as the uh, red ones are. I think they're – I don't. one reason, too, is I don't think they've been in the U.S. as long and hadn't been naturalized, you know. But I got a few and a few yellow ones. Yeah, well, I, I had some uh, that I'd collected in, in my garden, and I went by my son's yard. I was helping him do some landscape, and I put him some red spider lily bulbs out in his place, and darn it, if his weren't all my white ones 
And I didn't know I dug up my white ones and gave to him. <laughs> so, so he doesn't realize I know where they are. Right now they got the red flowers on them and no leaves. People, you know, sometimes they call them naked ladies like to do the pink ones. But it's a good time to plant them. They should be putting roots on pretty soon, shouldn't they? Well, the roots and the foliage. As soon as, you know, the uh, flower stalks die back, here comes the foliage. So, yes, like you said, you know, anytime you can get them is a good time to plant them because they're tough as nails. They are They are real tough. You see them uh, coming up, uh, blooming in the middle of yards. And, uh, folks, we're talking about red spider lilies. The Latin name is Lycoris. And uh, they make what look like a clump of slightly striped monkey grass over the winter that dies down in the spring, just like daffodils. But they bloom in September with no leaves. And, Jerry, uh, Market Bulletin, right? That's right. Yes, it's in there. Appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks for the call. Come by and see me, man. I haven't seen you in a long time. All right, fella. Will do. All right, Jerry Palmer. Jerry, uh, if you're interested in these kind of plants, you can't really find them anyplace. You know, some garden centers sell them, you know, spider lily, lycoris, radiato. Uh, but they're the, the plants that are about knee-high, spidery red flowers, no leaves at all on the stems. This is the time of year to plant them. They have leaves over the winter, and then they bloom this time next year. And if you go to Mississippi Market Bulletin, just Google it. You come up to it, you can find out how to get in touch with some homegrownmans. Uh, by Jerry Palmer. Uh, I'm horticulturist fellow rushing. Java Chapman and I were doing the, the, the talk like a pirate thing. We're going to take a little bit of a break and come back. We got calls from DeSoto County to Meridian and here in Jackson. We're going to be back with more here on MPB's Gestalt Gardener right after this. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're going to go to DeSoto County. Hey, Chris, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. First time caller. All righty. Long time listener. All right. What's up? Hey, I've got uh, a tree, uh, actually hundreds of trees that pop up on my field every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got to be some kind of pair. And my description is if I let them, I, I do have a couple I've let grow. Um, they're, they're fruit bearing every year. They're about 40 feet high. Um, if, if uh, do, do they have little little fruit like crab apple size pears? Yeah, they're about their max golf ball size is the biggest, and then they turn into a thorny branch in the winter time. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh! oh I, I know what you're talking about. They're kind of yellow, and the and, and the stems are green with big thorns on it. That's right. Okay, that's actually a wild citrus. And it goes by different names. Uh, the I learned it's trifoliate orange because each leaf has got three leaflets, uh, and its Latin name is Ponsiris trifoliata. Anyway, Ponsiris it's a Cyrus trifoliata. Yeah, I, I, I lo- you know n- nobody ever asked me this stuff. I had to learn it, so there it is. Bam. Oh, uh, they, they 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 spread by seed. A lot of uh, a lot of different animals eat their they're they're real sour. A lot of seeds in there, so they're not much. I mean, yeah. you can make lemonade if you want to, but they're spread from people would would buy grafted trees and you know 
when they're on the Gulf Coast for a, or Florida for vacation, come back and plant them, and it would die, the grafted part. But the rootstock is this trifoliate orange, and then they would grow up, make seeds, and birds spread it from there. Yeah, the cardinals love them in the winter. Yeah. Uh, actually, the deer eat them as well. Yeah. Um, and but, you can, uh, what's the common name? Uh, trifoliate orange, some people call it hardy orange, wild lemon, anything like that. They're little furry uh, things. I've I've got one in my front yard that's a real twisted variety of it called flying dragon. But uh, anyway, okay. it's a, it's a it's a cool plant. And by the way, you can take the branches off, little small branches, stick them up in uh, in something, and put little gumdrops on them as a Christmas tree. I'm just saying. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, trifoliate orange, man. It's it's a good one, but you know it'll it'll puncture a tire if you're not careful. Oh yeah, it has. Yeah, uh, most definitely. But you know, I can bush hog that five acre field, and two years later, I've got you know. Five. Yeah, from 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 seeds. Well, that's what it is. Trifoliate orange. Enjoy, man. Trifoliate orange. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Okay, let's go now to Jackson. Doug, what's up, man? Um. Felder, good morning to you. Howdy. We're starting to run out of time, but I mean, do you want to talk about sawtooth oak? Yeah. Uh, I was going in St. Dominic's Hospital one day uh, to visit somebody or go to the doctor, and there is a sawtooth, what I believe is a sawtooth acre tree right at the entrance. Yeah. The, uh, the... I mean, it has thousands of acres, uh, acres under it. I picked up some, and I planted them in pots. Because I want to take them to deer camp. Right. And uh, now they are two and a half, three feet tall. Yeah. My question is this uh, Is that a standalone tree in that they will, uh, each one of them should bear acres? That's right. That's right. Nope, 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 nope. Oak trees will do it to, to, to themselves. So all it takes is just one. And I love it. The, by the way, folks, sawtooth oak, the acorn, the cup of it is like a little bird's nest you can put over the end of your thumb. It's a big, big, curly-looking thing. It's a pretty thing. But anyway, no, they're, they're standalone, uh, Doug, so you can set them out sometime this fall, and you're done with it. All righty. Um, we got time to squeeze one more in? Or, okay, we're going to go real, real quick to Meridian. Tom, sorry we're running out of time, but what you what do you see up in Tennessee? Hey, Felder, this was what I thought was a persimmon tree. But on examination, the little fruit had knobs all over it, much like a mulberry, but much larger. You're talking probably inch and a half in diameter, and I'm just curious as to what kind of tree that would be. Oh, I bet you don't have a picture, do you? No, I don't. I don't. Like I say, when I saw it, I saw it from the top. I said, oh, look at there, a persimmon tree. But then it's not; it wasn't slick and smooth like a persimmon. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if it. I wonder if it might have been a uh, one of our, our chestnut trees or something that got real, you know, the real spiny looking coverings on the things. Could have been that. Well, this man may know, and it could be a transplant. It was in a condo complex. Oh yeah, well, ain't no telling. But I, I tell you what, Tom, if you would, because I I really like this kind of thing. If you'll send me an email with a little bit more description, I will scratch my head and do a little, and see if we can come up with some good educated guesses. How about that? Hey, I appreciate it. All righty, man. Good luck on it, folks. We see all sorts of weird stuff, and some I don't know. I just don't know, but I look it up, and if I get stumped, I got people I ask. That's the way it works, even with experts. Um, the Gestalt Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. My producer is a laid-back and hard-working Java Chapman. 
Our phone greeter today was Michelle McAdoo. Appreciate that a whole bunch. I'm your host, Felder Rushing. I'm going to be thinking of you all as I get out to wrap up a few odds and ends this beautiful weekend. Hope your garden fares well and take a kid to a garden center or a farmer's market and show them some interesting little stuff. You'll figure something out. You don't have to know much, but show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you next week. <laughs>